재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 All right, we're back for part two of this discussion regarding the Syrian conflict, the rapidly deteriorating situation in the key rebel stronghold of Aleppo. Uh, it is complicated, as uh, Dr. Sung Il Guang pointed out to us. Uh, we've got multiple players caught up in this uh, conflicting local, regional, and global interests. And so we're going to try to get a, a deeper look at some of those conflicts and uh, maybe try to find a way that there is a potential breakthrough through this morass. Uh, give us your thoughts. Text us at pound 1013 for 51 or send us a Cal Talk message by adding TBSCFM as a plus friend. We'll be joined by another Middle East expert uh, very shortly. Uh, very pleased to have Dr. Song Guang now uh, here in the studio uh, with us. Dr. Song, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. We talked a lot about Russia. You you were mentioning how you don't buy this idea that Russia is going to go out for some ultimate uh, military victory. They don't have the uh, will or the maybe even the military resources to even uh, accomplish that. Uh, but at the same time, they, they seem to have a lot of, um, I suppose, national interest at stake, right? You mentioned the military bases needing to have that foothold in the Middle East with a friendly regime like Assad. Are they in danger of getting caught like we've seen in decades past with their adventures in Afghanistan? Um, they might be stuck in this quagmire of a, a war that is never-ending, never-winnable, protracted, and ultimately damaging. Yes, exactly what you said. Exactly as the situation is. Quagmire situation. I don't think, I mean, Russia, even... U.S. or any other country will have, I mean, secure, I mean, clear victory over the other. Even, I mean, government forces or neither government forces or rebel forces. Without any, I mean, huge, huge military support by or Russia or U.S. So, uh, it has been a long time ago. I mean, the situation, I mean, Russia is in the situation of uh, quagmire situations. So, uh, Actually, as I told you before, Russia doesn't have any, I mean, you know, they, they really think they will have any clear victory over the others. So, they've basically, they, they've focused on pr- protecting the Assad regimes, not mm. reoccupying all the territories of Syria. So, they, they yeah. will have this purpose. They, they, they will, I mean, actually, I think they will bring, I mean, this is small I mean, goal, what they wanted. I mean, later or sooner or later, but they won't have, they, they won't reoccupy all the ter- Syrian territories. I don't yeah. think so. A difficult situation then, I suppose, from them as well, whether you agree with their uh, strategy or not. We're very pleased also to have joining us on the line from the Department of International Politics at Hanguk University of Foreign Studies, Professor Sa Jung Min. Hello. Hi. Professor Sa, thank you very much for joining us as always. Uh, We've been talking quite a bit about the Russian side of things. In your view, the United States, do you believe the uh, Barack Obama administration effectively has its uh, t- hands tied in trying to achieve any meaningful progress in this peace process? Uh, people might say lame duck, but he only has a few months left in his final term. Uh, yes, I don't think so. You know, some The U.S. has you know, some worked hard to achieve some level of peace in the Syrian area, but uh, actually, you know, what, you know, some United States engaged in so-called Geneva process uh, is focusing on achieving truth, not on final solution of the Syrian crisis. So it means, you know, as, you know, Dr. Song mentioned about Russia's attitudes, 
United States also, you know, some ha- uh, pretends have some kind of policy to he- build peace, but uh, actually it is a really just buying time and running down the clock. So actually, last month, Mr. John Kerry, U.S. Secretary of State, is trying to put together a deal with Russia, uh, but the, you know, some the deal is. Uh, on how to achieve the uh, uh, coordination of uh, between U.S. and Russian air strikes against IS and against Jabhat Nusra in Aleppo in designated areas. This is not to make a peace, mm. but just to protect the civilians. Yeah, very important point there. Now, Dr. Sung, uh, if we look at the uh, U.S. presidential race, we have one candidate, Hillary Clinton, who looks like she will fo- follow mostly the same strategy. Some people say she's a slightly, maybe a little more hawkish than the current president, Barack Obama. On the other hand, you have um, Donald Trump, who is really kind of a wild card. We don't know what he's going to do. He said he's going to ban um, all the Muslims from entering. Uh, he seems more isolationist in his stance, but still not a really coherent uh, foreign policy. It does seem like this U.S. presidential election could be very important as far as the future direction of Syrian policy, no? Of course it's important, but I don't think, I mean, the coming U.S. presidential election will have any significant impact on the American foreign policy regarding Syria because we don't have any magic solution. Okay, Syria. even if Donald Trump won. Yeah, we don't have any magic solution here. Maybe Hillary Clinton suggested already she will make any, she will make best effort to bring a non-fly zone, no-fly zone in the northern part of Syria any any, any part of Syria. Maybe which will bring, uh, I, mean, sh- I mean, easy humanitarian aid to, I mean, you know, to Syrian people. However, this does not mean the end of the civil war. Maybe Donald Trump, as you mentioned, he doesn't have any coherent uh, ideology. I mean, foreign policy regarding Syria, so it's very you know uncertain. So, w- what kind of I mean, U.S. foreign policy will be regarding yeah. Syria? It's very uncertain nowadays. Very uncertain indeed. Speaking of uncertainty, Professor Sa, do you believe the ongoing battles in Aleppo are taking some of the pressure away from the ISIS strongholds, uh, maybe giving the group some time to regroup and space to recuperate? Yes, and I do think so. So the uh, For the time being, the uh, Syrian government and Russia are uh, you know, some supposed to focus on Aleppo strikes and regaining control in Aleppo. Uh, Bashar al-Assad regime believes that controlling Aleppo is key to its survival. So it is equally hard to imagine either uh, it or its Russian or Iranian, you know, some of the allies pulled back now from Aleppo area. So if the you know, Syrian government, Russia, and other allies of the Syrian government are focusing on Aleppo, means, you know, some the the ISIS, IS has some time and some the uh, some uh, space to, to go on their own activities and resist, you know, to preparing uh, resistance uh, to any further attacks. Uh, for example, you know, the political capital city of Raqqa, so it's not very you know, harshly attacked nowadays. The only you know, some North Koreans, the Kurdish Syrian, uh, uh, the uh, militia are you know trying to infiltrate the Raqqa area. Mm-hmm. So this is you know some of the situation you know some uh, United States you know some and Iraqi government is focusing on are focusing on Mosul, the northern Iraq of uh, northern city of Iraq and. Syrian and Russian, you know, some alliances focusing on 
Aleppo. So it, the Raqqa is in the middle of the two cities, and then it's so you know somewhat free from you know some of the harsh attacks. Right, and, uh, and again, this is all all very murky right now. Uh, Dr. Hung, this is hypothetical, but if the the government forces do end up recapturing Aleppo, uh, and you said this is not an, a winnable war, and this is not this is not something that's definitely going to be um, uh, final one way or the other, but this certainly is a blow to the rebels' efforts. Uh, you would have to say, but how does this change the overall, I guess, complexity of this? War and battle. Well, I don't think this will change significant. I mean, it will change any significantly. I mean, the situation now. Well, temporarily, Assad government forces will gain upper hand uh, on levels if they, I mean, recapture Aleppo. But it does not mean definitely does not mean final blow to levels. The levels and government forces are very close. They're concerning the military balance. So without any. I mean, huge external support or military support or any other supports. Neither side won't have any clear f- or final victory over the other. That's the situation now. Yeah, and so it it almost feels like an academic uh, discussion then. But one one thing, Professor Saw, that I mentioned briefly in the um, introduction to this, where there's a spillover effect. You've seen it in Europe. It's had uh, an outsized effect on their political uh, discourse, the rise of right-wing extremism, uh, anti-immigration, anti-refugee sentiment. It's, uh, it's a point of discussion in even U.S. politics. But it seems like... Um, these uh, very difficult conditions, almost anarchic conditions in Syria, would have a very more larger effect, uh, destabilizing of influence on the surrounding region of that uh, Middle East area. Would you agree? Yes, I do. You know, some there's uh, two points I should mention. The first point is, you know, some the many Middle Eastern countries have uh, not achieved, you know, some the uh, enough uh, level of nation state building. So, you know, the build-up of, of Islamic State is one very, you know, some clear example. You know, some of the IS uh, occupied the uh, eastern part of Iraq and western part of Syria. They built, you know, some new, so declared a new country, you know, some of the ignoring the, you know, existing borders, existing nation statehood. So such kind of, you know, chaotic, you know, some of the movement may you know, reach other, you know, some of the instable areas in in the Middle East and, and African continents. And another point is the, the IS is suggesting a model of, new model of resistance and, you know, and building Islamic state in a chaotic areas. So as already we, uh, as we already have seen, the Libya and Syria uh, Libya and Egypt and Afghanistan, uh, Yemen, they're all, you know, the IS branches or IS, you know, some of the uh, modeling groups are already declared they are, you know, some emirates or they are semi-states hmm. in this area. Such kind of, you know, some of the, the, the political model has spread to the Middle Eastern area. 
And that do- that does sound uh, discouraging, I suppose, to the people who would want to see uh, ISIS uh, defeated. Uh, we've had the Paris attacks, the Belgium attacks, uh, even in the United States to varying degrees to the degree of how much influence they had, the shootings in San, Ber- San Bernardino or, or in the Orlando nightclub. I guess the question would be for you, the final question, Professor, so is, are, are we any closer to uh, today than yesterday in terms of this uh, goal of trying to destroy or defeat ISIS. You mentioned these kind of pockets of ISIS supporters uh, setting up what they're deeming emirates in various places like Lebanon and so forth. Uh, Will this group now be emboldened, whether if they are sort of um, with their backs against the wall or maybe they feel that they need to send a message that we we could see more of these kind of terrorist type of attacks in in west in the western part of the world yes i think so so uh as i mentioned you know some of the isis you know some model i you know some of the islamic state is not just you know some of the terrorist organization they are you know suggesting a model and they are you know some of the offering so-called new ideology of the terrorism so-called daishism there's some kind of term daish daish mm-hmm. means is you know, some Daeshism is, you know, is, is spreading nowadays. So, uh, ISIS is not just, you know, some Al-Qaeda-like, you know, some terror group or terror network. It has built a semi-state. So it means, you know, some they are looking forward to some survival as a, you know, some semi-state. So they are preparing more, you know, some the more, you know, some violent, harsher, you know, some the terror attacks everywhere in the world, not only in the, you know, some the Syria and Iraq, and and as I mentioned, you know, some the the under the umbrella of Daeshism, you know, some the uh, IS, you know, some the ideology. So there's uh, many, you know, some network in the in the world, and the many, you know, supporters, you know, they are, you know, some the joining the terror attacks to protect the so-called, you know, some Islamic uh, state. So uh, this phenomenon will go on. And then, you know, some we made, you know, some re- to re- remove the leadership of current IS in Syria and Iraq. And we may remove the, you know, main cutters of, you know, fighters of IS in Iraq and Syria. But IS is ho- already become Daeshism, the mm. ideology. So that ideology is is what you're saying is something that is is almost feels like it's too late to completely snuff out. Is 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 the major sure, point? Yeah. Uh, the very uh, somber uh, assessment, indeed, Professor Sa. As always, we do appreciate your analysis and insights. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. As always, okay. Thank you for having me. That was Professor Seo Jung-min from Hanguk University of Foreign Studies. We have Professor Song Il-gwang here in the studio. I just want to follow up on what Professor Seo mentioned about uh, this idea that you can defeat ISIS or you can kind of kind of win this war on terrorism, that this is a very different definition. And for people who are not Middle East experts like yourself, you often kind of think of, okay, there's Boko Haram and Hezbollah and Hamas and Al-Nusra and Taliban and Al-Qaeda. And you think they're all kind of the same group. These are groups that are Islamist and they sometimes commit terrorist acts. But as you both have been pointing out, it's a very different situation. Do you agree with this assessment by Professor Saul that this idea of Daeshism 
or or this ideology of this uh, setting up a, a, a caliphate or a semi type of state is something is a is a is a factor in this group's sort of rise and um, I wouldn't say stability, but um, perseverance that will make it much more difficult for uh, the so-called U.S. coalition to try and defeat. Of course, uh, he's right. I mean, I think I should like I would like to um, emphasize on these all these Islamic radicals groups, as you mentioned, all of the Hezbollah, Hamas, Al Qaeda, and IS. They are, their ultimate goal of all these groups are building. Islamic State, mm-hmm. Islamic State, but uh, IS is different. The big difference of IS, they they built this country, Islamic country first. Mm. But all the other kind, all the other groups that they try to build Islamic State, the later later stages. Mm. I mean, the final stage that they will try to build. But IS just just begin already. They had the state. This is different. So all these, I mean, groups have same ideology, jihadism or Wahhabist, no Wahhabist or jihadist. So it's very difficult to, I mean, you know, erase or eliminate the ideologies. Maybe we can we can. We can, you know, kill the leadership yeah, or punishment. We can punish. I mean, all these groups, but I mean, infrastructure. But the ideology is always still there, alive. So it's very difficult to fight against this ideology. This is the point, I think. Yeah, and that's more of a sense of. Again, I guess the American term of winning the hearts and minds of the people, and that is a much more difficult thing than simply just uh, carpet bombing mm-hmm, a, a region, mm-hmm. right? And, yeah, and that's something yeah. that might be even a generational yes. type of process. Yes, yes. Uh, if we look at then the situation in Syria, and uh, the uh, picture you've painted has not been a very uh, a pretty picture. It's not a very optimistic picture, uh, to say the least, but... In terms of what we're seeing in Aleppo and the concerns of the 2 million civilians who still live there and and this uh, hope that the global community can try to get some humanitarian aid to this region, uh, hopefully that situation can be relieved. And as you say, the Russian uh, air forces can be convinced to kind of halt the the, uh, no-fly zone area or the the bombings there. What is your overall assessment as far as the uh, Syrian conflict is Concerned, um, we t- we said quagmire. Um, th- this is not something that is going to be where you have a typical military type of victory, where one side says we won, the other side lost. Uh, is it different from what we're seeing, what we've seen in Afghanistan, or what we're trying to see in the struggles that uh, uh, Iraq is going to actually try to uh, kind of bring about because of these uh, rebel elements? Or what, what, what do I you th- think is the long-term prognosis I of this? I think more or less the same, the same situation just like Afghanistan. We don't, we won't have easy or magic solution in Syrian civil war. So the civil war will continue as it is. It will, it will remain a long time, I think. Maybe five years, mm. maybe longer than five years. I'm not a prophet, but I think so I think the, for the time being, the best solution is divide the country. Partition. Yes, partition. Or Sunni, or, or Shia, I mean Alawit and the Kurds. Partition of Syria is the best option. I think, I, I think that's the, not just the best option, that's the only option because we won't see Syria just before this civil war. 
Syria is completely changed. Syria as a nation state. Syria is, 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 is one homogeneous no nation state. We won't see it, even though even though we want it, we can't right. see it. That's I mean my conclusion. Well, uh, great discussion, Doctor Sung. We really did appreciate your expertise, and it was great to see you here in the studio. Thank you very much. Thank you.